But so how's everybody doing? Good. Good. Awesome. How many of you is ready for COVID to go away? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this. You know, we, we've, we've come to a point now where, um, you know, I remember a time in church when we used to lay hands on people, you know, and uh, now people are afraid to, you know, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing. If I lay my hands on you, it ain't COVID you're going to be getting, all right? <laughs> you might get a, a good dose of the Holy Ghost, but um, anyway, this is fun. It's true, though. But uh, we may, I don't know, we may open it up for prayer if people want prayer. I think that's always good. Uh, wow. So how many of you have never seen me before? Got a bunch of, bunch of guys, a bunch of, all right. Awesome. That's good. How about this one? I heard this this week. How many of you know God? Yeah. Uh, everybody in here. So he's more popular than I am. <laughs> I heard that this week. That was pretty funny. So I don't have to impress anybody because we're impressed with God, right? Um, well, I'm going to get busy with this message. Am I echoing? Oh, I've got room. What are you trying to say? <laughs> um, well, um, gosh, I feel like I need to do Let's just pray. Can we pray? Lord, we just thank you for you. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you, Lord, that you're in control. That, that Lord, you're never taken by surprise. God, we thank you that, that you are sitting on the throne in majesty and in glory and in splendor. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, that you have a desire to know us and for us to know you. You have a desire, Lord, I would dare to say even a greater desire to to be in relationship with us than we do to be in relationship with you. Lord, tonight I just give it to you. I just say, have your way in this place. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears. Help us to, to know you a little better. Help us to see you a little better. Help us to hear you a little better tonight. And we'll never cease giving you the praise. Amen. Amen. Do you agree with that? Amen. I got four people that do, so we're good. <laughs> All I need is one more, so, you know, we're good. Tonight I want to talk to you a little bit. I got a PowerPoint. I'm not too good at them, but, you know, I'm not like Don Sims or Dale Yurton. You know, Dale Yurton puts up this PowerPoint. I'm thinking, oh, my, you know, his PowerPoint's more impressive than anything I could even say. But uh, he don't even have to open his mouth. He just throws up his first picture and screen, and I'm just like, Whoa, blown away, taking five pages of notes. Y'all know what I'm saying? If you know Dale Yurton, you know what I'm saying. Um, anyway, so I got a question. I love to start out with questions. And so I've got a question for it. It's very informal, too. I'm not like one of these jump up and down, yell and scream. I've seen Don Sims' head get so red, I thought it was going to bust before because <laughs> he yelled and screamed and stuff. But that's just, not, that's just not who I am. I like to pick on Don. I love him so much. That's why I pick on him so much. But... <laughs> hey, his head don't have far to go, does it? It's pretty red right now. <laughs> anyway, I do love him. He's, he's closer, honestly, than my own brother is to me. So, um, so here, here, here's my question for you tonight. Have you ever been under pressure? 
How many of you raise your hand and say, I've been under pressure before? I think everybody in this room probably at one point or another has been under pressure. Maybe, uh, maybe pressure to, to say something, you know, that maybe you didn't want to say, or maybe to do something or to be something. Maybe, I think we all know about pressure in our lives. Um, pressure to wear a mask. <laughs> pressure, you know. To go buy a loaf of bread, you got to have a mask on and 10 gallons of hand sanitizer. Um, so I was in India a, a while back. It's been a, it's been a while back. And, um, you know, you, when, when you go on the mission field, I know some of you have been, it's something, there's just something about your heart that it just grabs a hold of, you know. And so when you're there, you just want to do everything for everybody. And you just, I mean, you, you wish you had like a million bucks to just give away and, uh, we were in India. We were in one of the uh, more populated areas. Uh, there were like three million homeless people there. You know, that's like mind-boggling. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen three million people at one time in all my life. But um, they're just everywhere. And so there was this guy. We come out of this shop. You know, we, we had a, few, a little bit of free time. We come out of this shop. And there was this guy. And he came. And he's like, he's doing, doing this. Like, I'm hungry. And he, you know, he's like, Give me some money. I'm hungry. So I've just done what anybody would do, right? I reached in my pocket. I was going to give him some money. And the guy that was with me, he stopped me. He, he grabbed my hand. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, he's hungry. I've got some spare change. You know, I don't know how much it was, but it wasn't much. It was just coins, you know. And he said, listen, if you pull that change out of your pocket, you'll get mobbed. He said, as soon as one person sees you giving money away, you're, they'll rip your clothes off trying to get to you. Not that they're mean and, and they want to steal from you, but they are so desperate for what you have. Does that make sense? That they'll mob you, they'll press on you or pressure you. I want to ask you this, have you ever been the one doing the pressing? Have you ever pressured somebody maybe to do something they didn't really want to do. I wish I could think of a good story of that, but I've probably got a few not-so-good stories, but I'm not going to share those. Those were, you know, you got those pre-Jesus stories that you don't want to share with people and stuff. But anyway, um, here's my, my big question of the night. Do you think Jesus ever felt pressured? Do you think that he ever felt like he really didn't want to do something, but because of pressure, he gave in. And he did that. Have you ever pressured him to do something? Just asking. Here, here, here's the thing. I'm going to come back to that one later. I'm going to start reading. Let's read here. I'm going to tell a story. I'm, I'm actually, I've got like this major long message I'm going to put down into... How long have I got? Hour and a half? Two hours? <laughs> now, hopefully, hopefully we'll get it done in about 20 minutes. Huh? I'll be all right either way, right? If you need to go, you're free to go. I'll, I'll just talk about you when you leave. But no, I'm just kidding. Just joking. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to take a look at four different stories in the Bible real quick. And um, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to look and see if Jesus ever felt pressure or not or let me let me put it this way we're gonna i'm gonna show you some times and i think that we can all relate 
of when we put pressure on Jesus. How about that? So, the first one, starting in John chapter 2. We'll read verses 1 through 4. The story is much longer than I'm going to read, but I like to tell stories. So, I'm going to start it out by reading, and then we'll get into the story. It says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So we know the story, right? Jesus is at this wedding. There's, you know, wine, not enough to spare. The wine runs out. I don't know if this was a family member. I don't know. I don't know why Jesus' mother asks him to do something about it. Jesus even responded saying, it's not, it's not time. You think he felt pressure? Listen, when mama asks you to do something, you think he felt pressure? We know the story, right? The servants are there. She tells the servants, do whatever he says to do. Jesus looks, there's six water pots. These pots, the Bible says, were used for washing their hands and feet. You know, they're nasty pots. So he says, go fill those pots up with water. And they go fill them up with water. They're doing what he said. We know the story, right? He turns it to wine. They take it to, they take it to the, the, the leader of the ceremony. He takes a drink of the wine and says, wow, this is the best wine that I've ever tasted. So my first question to you is, what or when do we pressure him? When do we pressure him? The first point or the first time that I want to mention is when we run out. When we run out, then we put the pressure on him. Let me, let me put it another way. When we, when we have a need, then we put pressure on him. I've done it. I, I've been in a situation where I needed something like, like really needed, not like, you know, Lord, I need a Corvette. But like, you know, I needed something. Have you ever put pressure on Jesus? <laughs> My next story, we're going to move through these pretty quick, okay? Because I, I really, uh, really want to have some prayer time in the end. Matthew chapter 14, verses 14 and 15. The story starts out, and Jesus went out. Or as Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him and, and said, this place is deserted or this is, a, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Wow. Wow. Your best friends <laughs> pressuring you to do something? We know the story, right? You think Jesus felt pressured? Jesus says, well, you feed them. You ain't going to put this on me. I'm going to put it back on you. You feed them. They look through the whole 
We know the story, 5,000 men, not counting women and children, and they find a couple of biscuits and some sardines. They said, this is what we have. We've got, you know, uh, uh, two loaves of bread, five fish here, but what is that among so many? Jesus says, just have the people sit down in groups of about 50. And he blessed it. Y'all know the story, right? He passed it out. They gave out the food. Everybody ate their fill. They took up 12 baskets full of what was left over. Pressure. When do we put pressure on Jesus? When we're hungry. Have you ever been so hungry? Let's move on a little quicker. Mark chapter 5. Starting with verse 22. The story says, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly. And he said, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him. Wow. You think that's pressure? Listen, my daughter's dying. Will you come and heal her? So then a great multitude follow him and thronged him. That word thronged literally means to be packed in tight. Like, like they were packed so tight. What it reminded me of is I was, as I was getting this lesson together, it reminded me of like, y'all, you've seen the football game like where the guy's running with the ball and then one guy like hits him and stands him up and then before you know it, there's like 25 guys around and they're not making any progress and they're all pushing one way and pushing the other way and they're pushing. That's what it means. They were, they were so packed tight that you couldn't even get in. <laughs> Unless you were a little old lady with some issues. Now there was a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years one translation calls it issue of blood. <laughs> and she had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard that Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. <laughs> We know the story, right? This lady suffering. Uh, let me give you a little history just in case you didn't know. If a woman was bleeding, she was considered unclean. She, she was actually supposed to live outside the city in a place that was designated for unclean people. She, she wasn't allowed to be around her family. She wasn't allowed to even be inside the city limits, like not in the shop not, not, not getting her hair done. She, she wasn't even allowed to be inside the city. She heard about Jesus and she even says to herself, I don't have to touch him. All I have to do is touch his clothes. If I can just touch his clothes, I know I'll be healed. Wow. That's pressure without knowing it. 
This lady was putting a demand on Jesus. She was pressuring him. She somehow works her way through this crowd. I would imagine at, at times probably crawling on her hands and knees toward him just so she could just grab the hem of his robe. Just the bottom. <laughs> of course, you know the story. She reaches him. She touches him. The Bible says instantly, immediately, the blood stops flowing. She's healed. Jesus, feeling that healing power go out from him, turns in the crowd and says, Who touched me? <laughs> you see, there was millions of people reaching out to him, but only one of them touched him. I'm going to make this statement. Listen, write this down if you're, if you're a writer. <laughs> Many times we pray and we pray and we pray, Lord, touch us, touch us. When was the last time you reached out to touch him? Sometimes he touches us. Other times you have to do the stretching. <laughs> you have to do the reaching. You're the one that has to touch. When do we press him? <laughs> when we have issues. When we're desperate. The last story. So I'm trying to talk to you tonight about the difference between putting pressure on him and just pressing on him. These other three stories, they, they put pressure on Jesus. <laughs> you ever find yourself in a moment where you have a revelation and you want to share it? The beginning of this year, we our church, I, I think you guys do too, we, we uh, do a 21-day fast, prayer and fasting for 21 days. And um, I'm not that good at fasting, you know? I like to eat, and so I do like, you know, other kind of fasting, right? <laughs> you know? Um, no, I do, I do, <laughs> I do fast food uh, sometimes, but... Uh, you know, one of my big things I love to do is play video games. And I, I just love it. I mean, I, I'm like, I'm, I just, I love to play. And so that's part of my fast is I just, I, I, for 21 days, I just didn't play. I didn't even check the game at all, you know. I, you know but, and, you know, along with food too. But that's, you know. But the whole time during this prayer and fasting, the only, the only thing that I could get, the only word you know we, we pray god give us a word for this year give us you know whatever the only thing that i could get is just spend time with me just spend time little did i know that in in three months we weren't going to have a choice right you know in three months we were going to be quarantined and you can't get out of your house you know uh, unless you're in a bubble suit and I, so <laughs> that was funny but <laughs> i thought it was nobody else laughed but me and you <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church. The Bible says that he who sits on the throne in heaven laughs. You know, that's, that's God. Um, 
in case you were wondering. But um, so anyway, this, I just kept hearing over and over, every time I would pray, every time I would pray, spend time with me. Focus on me. Focus on, you know. And, and I, I began to, I don't know, it took me a, a while. I'm, I'm, I'm hard-headed sometimes, and it takes me a while to get it. So about July, you know, we go to this conference, and, you know, yeah, it's COVID. Everybody's wearing masks and whatever, you know. Um, we go to this conference, and this guy starts talking about intimacy with Jesus. Something grabbed hold of me. That's what God had been saying to me for the whole time. But, but, but some, for some reason, it just really got me in July. And um, there, there's something changed. I, don't, I can't explain it. Something changed that weekend. And um, I started, I don't, I don't know if it, it had to be me because God doesn't change, right? And I, all of a sudden, like I'll just be sitting doing something and I'll hear his voice. Not audibly, but in my heart. Or I feel his touch. And I whisper and he says, hey. Come away. Give me just five minutes. Just five minutes. So I started paying attention to this voice, this tug, this pull, this, this random gentle touch. Just come away with me for just five minutes. I'm telling you, my whole life, you know how it is. You know, you pray and pray and pray for an hour or two hours and, you know, finally all of a sudden you think you might feel God. I, you know what I'm talking about. You're there. Everybody's been there. All of a sudden I walked out of that room and into the other. His presence was there. It's just like he was standing in the other room waiting on me to come. We had a vacation. I may go over five minutes. Is that okay? All right. We had a vacation. So I took time off from work, and unfortunately, part of what I do, um, there's only a couple people that do that same thing, and they took off work at the same time. And so I couldn't, I, I can do it from home if my computer worked, but for some reason it wouldn't work. And so I'm just like, oh my goodness. So I have to get up, and I live in Pineville, I work in London. And so, you know, that, that takes an hour for those that don't know where Pineville's at. And um, so I'm just like, oh, it's the first day of our vacation. I have to get up. And, like, I have to be, like, when I work, I have to be there, like, around 6 or 6.30. And so that means I have to get up, you know, like at 4 or 4.30 to get there. And uh, so I'm complaining. I'm, like, dragging my feet. I don't even, like, like if my, if my boss would have seen me, I'd have probably got fired because, you know, I, like, had on shorts and a T-shirt and flip-flops. And, you know, um, that's not the dress code <laughs> where I work. And I did have my mask on, though. Um, but anyway, so I, I, I go dragging into work, or, or I get to my car, and I'm complaining. Like you were saying, I'm just complaining. I'm grumbling. Lord, why didn't my laptop work? You know, if it had worked, I, can, I could have slept till six and got up and done this. And, you know, why didn't it work? And I heard this voice. <laughs> Again, not in my, in my ears, but in my heart. 
He said, I've been waiting all night for this moment. I didn't mind getting up the next day. I got up pretty easy the next morning and the morning after that because I realized I get to spend time with him and he wants to. <laughs> he wants to. He desires our time. He desires to spend time with us. That's why this next story hits me so hard. You guys aren't listening fast enough. Okay. All right. I got to get... I've seen Ray Hughes. Y'all know Ray Hughes. He's so funny. I don't know if you know him or not, but anyway, he's an awesome guy. He was he was speaking one night and he got teary, you know, and that's just not him. He's pretty stoic. And he goes, and he starts shaking his head and everything. And he's like, okay, that's enough of that. You know, that was hilarious. But I, I just let the tears fly, you know. But anyway, that was, that was funny. Ray Hughes, is, he's a funny guy. So anyway, last story. John chapter 13. Verses 21 through 23 is where I'm going to start. The story is much longer than that, but we all know the story. It says, When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit. And he testified and said, Most assuredly, I say, one of you will betray me. Talk about pressure. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was one, <laughs> leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about the difference between putting pressure on someone and pressing on someone. Pressure. <laughs> we put pressure on people when we want something. We press on them when we just want them. You know the story. He's leaning on Jesus. You know, John is the only one that called himself the disciple Jesus loved, by the way. Everybody else called him, um, you know, what was his brother's name? James? Yeah, that's James's brother. Read the Gospels, you'll see. John is the only one, because John knew something that the other disciples hadn't figured out yet. They're sitting at the table. John's laying over on Jesus. He's the only one that chose to, just in case you didn't know. Peter's like, you know, Peter, he's the instigator. He's like the older brother. The, he's like, John, ask him who it is. You know, because they want to know. Like, you wouldn't know if it wasn't you, right? <laughs> you know, all of a sudden it's you and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's me. I had no idea. But, <laughs> you know, it's not like Judas hadn't been planning this all along, right? Is it me? <laughs> so goofy. I think Jesus picked the dumbest bunch of guys so that we know that we, I'm, I'm just telling you. <laughs> anyway, oh my goodness. So John does what John does. And he looks up at Jesus. He says, hey, who 
this. I, I, I don't imagine that he asked in front of everybody. He probably didn't say, Jesus, who is it? Is it him? Is it him? You know, who is it? He probably didn't. I'm sure that John just whispered to him because, you know, when you're that close, you can whisper. And he said, who is it? <laughs> I imagine Jesus, I want you to get this picture in your head, okay? John's laying right here. Jesus leans down in his ear and said, it's the one I'm giving this bread to. Wow. Nobody else heard it. He whispered. You <laughs> see, when do we press on Jesus? When we just want to be close. When we just want to be near him. You know, so many times in our lives, we only come to Him when we have a need. We only come to Him when we've run out of something or when we're hungry or when we have issues and we're desperate. Very rarely do we ever go to Him just to be with Him. Very rarely do we ever press on Him just because He is who He is. Oh, don't get me wrong. These other things have... have benefits and I'm going to tell them to you now this is not in my notes it's not on the powerpoint and I did that on purpose so that you would listen to me when you run out of stuff when you're empty you press on him listen to this emptiness is a gift you can't feel things that are that are full you can only feel things that are empty. So when we're empty and we're in that wilderness, think about this for just a second. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of a land of plenty, out of... They, they ate, the Bible says, food. We had food to spare into the wilderness, headed to the promised land. The wilderness is... The only place that God provided for them. They had all they needed in Egypt. The promised land was flowing with milk and honey, right? Not that God didn't do it, but God's hand of provision, the manna, the quail, the water from the rock, took place in the wilderness. So if you're in a wilderness spot, you're in a good spot. Because <laughs> that means you're empty. And He can fill you. You can only feel things that are empty. <laughs> I'm trying to hurry, I promise. Okay. When do we press him? When we're hungry. <laughs> Listen to this statement. Hunger causes obedience. Hunger causes obedience. What did Jesus do? He told his disciples, here's 5,000 men. All right, now, I am a man. You get me and 400 or 4,999 other men together, somebody's not going, going to want to obey. There's going to be a rebel or two in the bunch, but they didn't because they were hungry and they obeyed and they sat down. Listen to this statement. Hunger causes obedience. Obedience is where your needs will get met. It's only out of obedience. 
when do we press Jesus when we're desperate? When we have issues, and everybody knows this statement, you could probably finish it. Desperate times call for desperate measures, right? <laughs> this, is, this is what I want to say. Desperation causes desperate actions. But desperate actions cause miracles to happen. When we get to a point to where we're desperate, we have to have Him move. He'll move. He'll move. <laughs> Lastly, and I'm closing. Who's you gonna come up and play? We're gonna play. What are we doing? How are we doing that? I don't matter to me. We just need some music or something. I mean, Justin may want prayer too. I don't know. We'll pray for him too. He'll be playing that guitar and going nuts. When we press on Him because we want to be close, listen to this, closeness, yeah, you can come on up too. I'm not just prejudiced against Justin. I, I don't even know you, and I, I'm happy to hear you sing. <laughs> closeness brings intimacy. Intimacy is where His secrets are revealed. You want to know the heart of God? You have to be close enough to hear it beat. I'm trying to help you tonight. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of pressuring him. I just want to press on him a little bit. I just want to put my cheek on his cheek or on his chest and just sit there. I don't know about you. If you would, uh, just bow your head for just a second. I want to talk to you straight for just a minute. I want to give you an opportunity. I don't know anybody in here. I don't know where you are, where you stand. You may not know Jesus. You may not care to know Jesus. I don't know. But I want to give you an opportunity if you don't. If you don't know Him. It's not good for you to leave this place without it. So I just wonder if there's anybody here. Honestly, this is really a moment between you and God. So if you're looking at me right now, you shouldn't be. Because we're going to give people some privacy here. This is a hard issue, guys. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you know that you don't know Him, if you're questioning whether or not you know Him, you need to change it. I'm going to give you a chance. If that's you, just slip your hand up right back down. It's really quick. It's painless. He knows your heart anyway. He's the one talking to it. Moving on. Maybe you're someone that's found yourself in a place of emptiness. You just ran out. Man. I think that's so many people right now. You just ran out. You're just running on empty. 
let you slip your hand up right back down. It's, I'm not going to call you out or embarrass you or anything like that. We're going to all pray together here in just a minute. Maybe you're, maybe you're hungry. Just want more. I just, I'm so hungry for God. I just got to have more of God. Is that you? Slip your hand up right back down. Maybe you're desperate. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you've been given a bad diagnosis by a physician. Or maybe you find yourself in this place that if God doesn't move, you don't know what you're going to do. If that's you, just slip your hand up and right back down. Maybe, uh, maybe you're like John. just want to be near him maybe you just want to just touch him just reach out to him just lay your head over on him or like the song says I just want to sit at your feet is that you is that you I know there's people here at all of those levels. I just pray that you move on them in all those levels. I'm going to do something really out of the box. If you raised your hand or if you just want to pray, is it okay if we just open up the altar? You come and you can stand, you can kneel, you can pray at your seat. I just, I just, I feel like if we just need to reach out to Him. If you want prayer, then, then we'll be happy to pray with you. If you want me to put my mask on, I'll wear my mask. I don't care. God sees through our masks anyway, right? So I want just everybody, if you would, just stand. As they sing this song, let's just, if you, if you are comfortable coming to the front and praying, come on. You can just pray at your seat if you want to. If you want prayer, if you want me and Clay, maybe Don, a couple others to just pray for you, we will. I'm not afraid to. You know. But uh, let's just, I'm just going to open it up. If you want to come and pray, come on.